welcome to the Star Wars Skinny, where we give you the skinny on all things Star Wars right after we get skinny. Played some Beat Saber, Imagine Dragons, Expert, and I can't reach those high scores. My, my cousin Gray, uh, one of the boyos from the last episode, Minox episode, he, he has an Oculus, and uh, he's, 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 he's really good. It's uh, going to be tough to beat, Graydon. Uh, whew. Yeah, Imagine Dragons, though. You know, those are those are good songs. I feel like I've got a good chance at uh, getting good at them. But uh, have was not able to top any of those high scores. But skinny achieved. Now I can give the skinny. Uh, we're going to talk about taxes. It is Tax Day 2022. Um, if you are listening to this episode and you haven't done your taxes yet, you should probably do that. Uh, because otherwise bounty hunters are going to come after you. At least in the Star Wars universe, it seems like that's what happens. Uh, but that's what I want to talk about today. Taxes in Star Wars. So taxes are not a fun thing in our world and uh, not a very fun thing in Star Wars. Uh, and it's a big complaint when people say, oh, I didn't like the Phantom Menace, the taxation of trade routes, blah, 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 blah. Like, kids don't care about politics. And they're right, kids probably don't care about politics. But like, as I have grown... I have found the Phantom Menace to be more and more interesting. And in Legends continuity, they came out with a lot of books around that time, kind of explaining the whole political situation and how Palpatine was manipulating everything. Some of that is getting brought into canon um, with books like the Tarkin book uh, and I think some of the comics around that time period as well. So I want to talk about you know the whole tax taxation situation in the Phantom Menace as well as just what are taxes like in the Star Wars universe? We've got some interesting things that are taxed uh, across the galaxy. But first, turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the Guardians of Peace and Justice in the Galaxy, to settle the conflict. Alright, so that was the Phantom Menace crawl. Um, so there's some blockades over the planet of Naboo, and really that's all you need to know to watch the Phantom Menace. But if you want that extra information, that skinny, uh, you've come to the right place. Uh, it all really starts with the Trade Federation and um, the Galaxy spanning government known as the Galactic Republic. They were engaged in a power struggle with the Trade Federation, and they're like a powerful corporate conglomerate that is controlling trade in the region. Uh, the point of contention between these groups was that the Federation had laid down its own law around a so-called free trade zone of the mid and outer rim territories, which included Naboo, affording special privileges only to its corporate partners. Then other independent traders had to pay, like, onerous obligations and pay heavy tolls to the Trade Federation. So the Republic had said this is a free trade zone, but then the Trade Federation came in and kind of bullied people into saying, okay, you've got to pay us taxes, not necessarily taxes, but you got to pay us, except, oh, our, our friends, people that we have deals with, you guys don't have to pay. So it's basically being taxed by a corporation instead of the government. And then to remedy this, uh, there was something called the Iriadu Trade Summit, or also known as the Iriadu Conference. Uh, and this appeared in the book Cloak of Deception, which is now under the Legends continuity. Uh, but it was canonized, like a lot of the events were canonized by the Tarkin novel, because both were written by James Lucino, 
and James Lucino in his Tarkin book that is canon kind of laid some uh, pull, pulled in some Easter eggs from that book kind of making his own work canon again kind of a genius move uh, by him uh, but it was a diplomatic meeting the trade summit that took place on the planet Iriadu which is Tarkin's homeworld in 33 BBY so around the time of the Phantom Menace in an attempt to solve the long-running power struggle between the Republic and the Trade Federation. The conference turned to disaster when a radical group known as the Nebula Front not only attempted to assassinate the Chancellor, the Supreme Chancellor Phineas Valorum of the Republic, but they also managed to kill the entire directorate of the Trade Federation. So there were some assassins. Uh, I tried to read that book. It sucked. Um, or sorry, sorry, James Lucino. Uh, it was a political thriller. That's the kind of stuff you like. Um, it might have been a good one. I've heard good things about James Lucino's writing. Um, I Political thrillers are not my uh, forte. I, I did enjoy the Tarkin book. Darth Plagueis, a lot of people love that book. That was also written by James Lucino. Um, not my favorite. There's some cool stuff that happens in there, but like political thrillers maybe just aren't my thing. But um yeah, in that in that book, they go into more detail what this nebula front is. I'm not super clear. I'm sure Palpatine's involved somehow, but that's what happens at this trade summit. It's a disaster. A lot of people die, uh, mostly the Trade Federation people. The uh, destruction at Iriadu had some serious repercussions. Uh, so the death of the entire Trade Federation directorate created a power vacuum that was filled by a group of ambitious Neomoidians, uh, and they had a backing. Uh, from a mysterious figure known as Darth Sidious, and that is Lot Dodd and Newt Gunray, who we, of course, see uh, eating out of Palpatine's hand or Sidious's hand in The Phantom Menace. Uh, they stepped in as the representative of the Federation in the Galactic Senate, that was Lot Dodd, and Viceroy of the Trade Federation, uh, Newt Gunray. They called him Viceroy a lot in that movie. Viceroy. Um, and then they placed other like-minded allies in other prominent positions. Um, and then the assassination attempt on Valorum kind of gave him a short popularity boost, which allowed him to push through a taxation proposal. So that's where we're getting to taxes here. Proposition 31-814D was passed, levying taxes on the formerly free trade zones. So the mid and outer rim areas that were previously free, he's now putting a tax from the Republic on, on those regions. So uh, I think the idea is, okay, now that it's being taxed by the government... Uh, it's no longer being taxed by the Trade Federation, so the Trade Federation has to scram. They're going to lose out on a lot of profit. It would break their monopoly, and it would also help fund the Republic's budget. Uh, Valorum attempted to investigate the whole summit bombing thing, but he was blocked by the planet's governor, Tarkin, uh, which is really interesting because Tarkin, we've always seen really tight with Palpatine, and Palpatine is supposedly uh, supportive of Valorum at this time. Um, so... Tarkin's, like, purposely preventing the Chancellor from investigating in order to, like, weaken Valorum's position, likely at the request of Palpatine. And uh, the stonewalling helped to foment and hasten the Trade Federation's invasion of Naboo, which Darsidious, Palpatine, uh, secretly engineered the conflict to topple Valorum and become Supreme Chancellor. We see that play out in The Phantom Menace. Acting on the advice of Sidious, Gunray then retaliates with the blockade of Naboo, which itself was in the middle of a dispute with the Federation, over the export of plasma. Apparently that's why Naboo was picked. They export plasma and Federation's like, okay, we're going to, because you won't let us tax you, we're just going to blockade your planet, it seems like. Uh, but ultimately the debacle at Ariadu ushered 
what came to be known as the Nabu Crisis, which is where we pick up um, in The Phantom Menace. So that was the whole situation in The Phantom Menace. We probably picked up on like the overall stuff just by watching the movie, but it is kind of helpful to know everything if uh, you're going to try reading anything around that period. But again, for the movie, it doesn't really matter. Taxation and trade routes, whatever. It's just a story device to get our Jedi um, kind of taking action on Naboo, getting Palpatine to the role of Chancellor. Uh, it's, it's, I see it as a story device. But if we really want to dive into taxation, uh, there are... I, I just surfed Wikipedia and uh, typed in tax, and I got a lot of hit results, and I want to share them with you. Um, so there were taxes collected during the Republic and the Empire timeline. Uh, in the Republic, there was a Republic Tax Collection Agency, uh, and this was... Uh, de it debuted in the 2019 uh, edition Rise of the Separatists of the role-playing game. That seems late. I would have thought there'd be something sooner. Maybe there was something similar in Legends. Um, a government agency of the Republic that was responsible for collecting ta taxes from members of the Republic. Basic stuff, I'm guessing, like income taxes, property taxes, things like that. Uh, and then there was also the Republic Treasury Audit Division, which was seen in Republic Commando, True Colors, a Legends novel. And they were responsible for investigating cases of tax fraud within large corporations. Uh, there was a character in those books that was framed for illegally accessing restricted information um, and then was arrested by Republic Domestic Security. Sounds like Homeland Security, but in space. So that was interesting. I haven't read those books. Hopefully that's not a major spoiler if you were planning to. Also, during the Republic, there was something called a tax levy bill, and this appeared in Star Wars Tales No. 20, Failing Up with Jar Jar Binks. Uh, this was a bill debated by the Galactic Senate sometime between the invasion of De Naboo and the Clone Wars. It proposed raising taxes to help deal with pirates raiding hyper-routes, or hyperspace lanes. However, some feared that the money would be used for less important measures, um, and Jar Jar Binks was a deciding vote. Um, some politicians approached him, and Jar Jar was, like, singing and beating a drum. And they were asking him, like, how, how are you going to vote on this tax levy bill? Miss I don't like to think about taxes. Miss I like to sing. Uh, so Jar Jar's not hearing it. Uh, they tell him all the many positions shared by the Senate. Jar Jar just gets confused. Stop. Miss I confused. Miss I have a head. Just tell Miss I how Miss I should vote. They tell him to vote no, since he ran on a platform of no taxes. Um, <laughs> like, I'm just imagining... Jar Jar running for office. Oh boy, is that how that happened? I just assumed that he was nominated by Padme on her way out. But um, oh, eventually Jar Jar fails his way to re-election um, and gets power hungry and actually becomes an effective politician. He's like actually good at his job. He meets Sidious because like the, the senators are like, okay, we got to take it to the guy that's really pulling the strings. And uh, he refuses to bow to Sidious and ultimately makes Sidious bend the knee to him, Jar Jar Binks. Um, this is a Complete joke. I have bamboozled you. It is not April Fool's, but I have bamboozled you. Um, this was a story from Star Wars Tales. Uh, Star Wars Tales is really like just kind of comedy for Star Wars. They put put out comics that were just they're not canon. They never were canon. Like even in Legends continuity, they were just kind of jokes. Some of them were more serious that maybe you could consider canon, but um, yeah, they're they're goofy. But that first part of the story, like I could see that Jar Jar just singing. That's Electro song. During the time of the Empire, there was the Imperial Taxation Bureau. Uh, this was uh, debuted in the Far Orbit Project, which was another book for the role-playing game, this one in 1998. 
the government body under Emperor Palpatine that was responsible for collecting taxes from imperial citizens as well as setting tax rates. Again, for citizens, it's probably normal, like income tax and property tax stuff, but uh, these tax collectors, they were government officials. They collected the taxes. Um, there were tax collectors and tax inspectors, all of this under the governance of the Imperial Taxation Bureau, the ITB. Um, there was also an imperial tax stamp, an adhesive paper mark that certified the payment of certain taxes in the, the empire. The time of the bombardment of Dankio, the audience chamber of Squib King Ibaribarvidabidi on his momship Thrifty, was decorated with an enormous mural made of mutilated, uh, not mutilated, multi-hued tax stamps. Uh, these tax stamps, they bore the warning, do not remove under penalty of death. Um, this was in another role-playing game thing, this one in 1989. But uh, yeah, this Ibari um he was you know sticking it to the Empire, kind of saying like, yeah, here's all your stamps, I'm going to stick it to a statue or something, like, or a mural, like, I, I, I don't care. Come and try to kill me. That's what I. That's the vibe I got from it. I do not own these role-playing game books. This is all, all from the Wook. There was a planet that had a visitor's tax. Um, it was payable for any individual wishing to set foot on Algara Two. It cost twenty-five credits, upon which an Algaran visitor identification chip was issued. So I think twenty-five credits is like twenty-five U.S. dollars. I've seen it. I don't know. Like I've only kind of paid attention to like Boba Fett's bounties and they're like a million credits, half a million credits. I'm like, okay, for like a high-end bounty hunter. Because, you know, hire those all the time. Those always come in handy. Uh, that that seems like the going rate. So uh, $25 uh, makes both sense for a tax to go to a planet. Um, all right, so the, <laughs> I don't hire bounty hunters. That was a joke. The next thing is the Holy Ugor Taxation Collection Agency. Uh, when I searched taxes on Wikipedia, literally every other result was for the Ugor species. Um, this agency is its an organization which held authority over every member, member of the species. Uh, they were founded by the species, and they're a unicellular sent, sentient species indigenous, indigenous to a planet in the paradise system. So they come from a paradise planet, from what I can tell. Uh, but then they ruined it with poisons resulting from too much industry and overpopulation. They began to worship all kinds of rubbish, and then over time they became the primary garbage-collecting species in the galaxy. They even gained a contract to collect the refuse of the Galactic Empire, even though they fought for this right with the squib species. Uh, the squib species, uh, if you were paying attention, uh, is the same species of the squib king, Ibari Bavibidi, um, the guy that was on the mom ship Thrifty um, from the... the tax stamp story uh, just a couple minutes ago. So these Ugor, they, they wrecked their once glorious planets and then they set up several waste recovery companies, the most well known of which were the Ugor Salvage Company, the Waste Haulers Unlimited, and Dismantled Droid Disposal Service, all of which were loyal and sent their profits to the Holy Ugor Taxation Collection Agency. You may be thinking, yeah, maybe this is just a lot of detail about business on the Ugor planet and how the Ugor species, you know, reacted to their planet getting destroyed. Uh, no, the, these people are full-on crazy. They have an angel of taxations, uh, angel of taxations and imports. It was an entity in the religious cosmology of the Ugors. These worshippers, they paid homage to the angel by conducting sacrifices on an alt altar. Are they bringing, like, 
401k, like, not 401k, like a W-2, are they, are they bringing, like, tax statements and then, like, sacrificing them so they can't get their tax? Like, I, I don't know what they're, they don't seem like a violent species. Um, this is, oh, oh, no, it says, oh, boy, oh, uh, the members of the Ugor's rival species, the squibs, uh, they were among the beings offered up in such ceremonies. So, hopefully, um, poor squib king, Ibari Bavidi, uh, is okay, and all of the the the, the families, uh, the, the relatives of Ibarib VBD, um, and everybody on the mom ship Thrifty are okay. Um, yeah, I've really become attached to Ibarib VBD. Um, I, I couldn't bear to see anything happen to him. Uh, leaving the Ugors, there was the Chandrillan Industrial Tax, also from a role-playing game. Uh, this tax was levied by. Governor Gladine of the Chandrilla city of Imita on industrial manufacturing. Uh, Chandrilla is important for like stuff that takes place after the original trilogy. It's the home planet of Mon Mothma, the rebel leader. I think the New Republic uh, begins there uh, in both Legends and Canon Continuity. I think in Canon Continuity, the like capital city or capital planet jumps around, but I think for for a period it was on Chandrilla, but. Yeah, this is like a big city in the core of the Republic. Um, this tax that was levied by the governor um, at whatever time this was, uh, was, it was calculated using a complex formula, um, which sounds bad. And this is supposed to be like a, a light side planet, the, the good guys. Uh, this tax was distributed to the governors of Chandrilla to fund local parks and reserves. The state parks brought tourism from across the, the galaxy, from across the core worlds. And they were staffed by the Chandrillan Park Ranger Service scouts, hunters, and survivalists. So I, I guess the taxes are going to fund state parks, so that that's at least better than sacrificing people to your angel of taxation. So good job, Chandrilla. Also from a role-playing book, I guess maybe just assume that everything weird that I'm saying is from a role-playing book. I'll let you know if it isn't. Uh, the Yelzanian anti-tax insurrection. Uh, it occurred on the planet Yelzane, uh, during the Galactic Civil War between the Rebels and the Empire, during this insurrection, which I guess is like, we don't want to pay taxes on this planet, and um, the Yelzian Mishawan, Mishawan Shimagormalan, ooh, another cool name, came to the attention of the Imperial Security Bureau and was harassed for several months, so uh, you, you gotta pay your taxes to the Empire or else they're going to harass you for several months. There was also something called a taxing party. Uh, it was it focused on like an imperial pilot trying to instigate riots on a planet, Aselis, uh, in order to obtain greater security taxes. Um, in this role-playing game, the player characters were intended to be a group of individuals hired by the Rebel Alliance to film a conference where the Imperials discussed the plot. That sounds like the most boring role-playing game ever, but yeah, if you want to catch Imperials talking about inflating taxes on a planet, um, find a taxing party, Coruscant and the Core Worlds, the 2003 RPG, if you're looking for a good time. And lastly, I did save the best two for last because they are from Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt instituted taxes on Tatooine. There is a water tax um, imposed on the moisture farmers of Tatooine. Uh, Jabba's enforcers, they collected water from the farmers, sometimes by force, on behalf of Jabba. According to the rumors, Jabba then used that water to be constantly bathed, but those rumors were false, according to Jedi Master Opi-Wan Kenobi. 
uh, Jabba, he, he never bathed. So this is from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, and uh, I trust everything that comes out of Obi-Wan Kenobi's mouth. So, or he is written by his, his, his hand on a page. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I think Jabba was a, a stinky, stinky slug. Uh, in a vision of an alternate life that was granted to an elderly Jedi Master, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker, uh, through the Force. And I think this is in the last Jedi novelization. You get like an alternate reality, an alternate view at the beginning where Luke's dreaming about like what would have happened if I never left Tatooine and had instead married his childhood friend, Cami Ma Mastrap. Marstrap. We see Cami in the Book of Boba Fett in the Tashi Station scene when Boba comes in there and beats some dudes up for the speeders. Um, but yeah, if Luke married her, Jabba would have continued to charge his water tax, and the two were, they would always be careful to uh, pay it uh, so as not to be in debt to Jabba the Hutt. Um, I want to see that alternate universe in Star Wars What If. What if Luke Skywalker paid taxes to Jabba the Hutt? Whoa, would that be riveting? I hope that's like what half of the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus show episodes are about. It's Obi-Wan Kenobi um, having to like get a job as an enforcer for Jabba the Hutt and like, like hey, you better give me your water. Um, maybe that's how we get the watermonger, Stephen Root's character from the Book of Boba Fett. Maybe that's how we get him back. He's also like another enforcer for Jabba and they're, they're both just going after the water of the moisture farmers and then Obi-Wan has to like turn on him and say like, this isn't right. Jabba the Hutt doesn't even bathe. Um, uh, yeah, okay, there was also something called the murder tax. Um, this was also, I think, from... It wasn't from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it was in the same comic run, Star Wars 2015. Um, this is the name given to a tax imposed on Tatooine, also by Jabba, as a penalty for committing a murder. So Jabba didn't want you out there murdering people. Um, so to be to avoid getting hit with the murder tax, criminals would sometimes hide the bodies of their deceased targets so that Jabba would not discover what had transpired. So... Maybe if you, you kill a stormtrooper, you throw him down the Sarlacc pit. And maybe that's something that Obi-Wan needs to do in order to avoid Jabba's murder tax. And that's why we see a stormtrooper in the Sarlacc pit in the Book of Boba Fett. Is your mind blown? It should be, because all of this information was so important in this tax episode of the Star Wars skinny. Man, this is an essential, essential episode you are probably one of the few people listening to this because most people are not going to click on this. Taxes? Ew. Ew. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Star Wars Skinny. I am on Twitter at Star Wars Skinny. I am on TikTok at DroopyMcCool35 and uh, Oculus at DroopyMcCool35 if you want to be like uh, Graydon and uh, post some really good high scores for me to beat. Uh, please go and do so. Because that just helps me get skinnier. And I'm going to be here to give you the skinny longer. Um, yeah. Stay skinny, everyone.